Hey guys, welcome to uh, Biomast episode two. Uh, I think we're, we're probably tentatively going to call this the Mother's Day Hustle episode. Uh, would like to appreciate everybody for uh, hopping on with us tonight live or being able to catch us uh, on a download later in the week. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to let everybody introduce themselves real quick, and we may have a couple of guests popping in uh, during the pod side here and there. But uh, basically, we're just going to talk through a couple of things happening in the dust and legion scene going on this last week. We've had a wave of uh, activity on the PC scene, which I don't think anybody uh, didn't see coming, but still pretty interesting nonetheless. Uh, and we also want to talk a little bit about what we see for Dust 514 and for Legion coming up in the future. So with that, we're going to go right down the line and kind of introduce everybody. Uh, Pokey? Uh, my name is Pokey Draven, uh, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and also a CPM1 candidate. Zell? Uh, my name is Soraya Zell. Um, I uh, am one of the Alliance leaders of the Top Men Alliance, uh, and I am also running for CPM1. And Jackal. And I'm the Black Jackal, uh, former CEO and founder of the Southern Legion, and also CPM1 CPM candidate, seeing a theme here. Pukin? And um, far from Pukin, um, I'm the CEO of MPX in EVE, and uh, yeah. But part of the, I'm the co-owner of uh, Multiplex Gaming. And I'm Jason Larison. I'm a member of OSG Planetary Operations, and uh, I appreciate everybody being on tonight. So we're going to get it started off. So I think first thing we can do is just kind of kick around some of the, the word about what has been going on on the dust side specifically this week. Uh, it looks like DNS Black, or Correction the Dirt Nap Squad, on the dust side is pretty much disintegrated which I don't think was a big surprise to anybody. And, and most of the announcement, announcements at FanFest basically just sort of accelerated the pace of change. Now, there's a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, mostly, there's a lot of personalities involved in the DNS alliance on the dust side. And there was a lot of different um, uh, injects from outside, uh, mostly coming from DNS Black himself or even from Kane Sparrow, sort of in his role in-game, not so much his role on the CPM. But uh, like I said, a lot of different changes. And right now I'm tracking a massive turnover of districts across the entire uh, Molden Heath region. And looks like pretty much there's nobody left in DNS except for maybe the DNS holding court. Uh, so with that, I'd like to kind of just open it up just for general thoughts on the amount of PC changes and uh, basically player driven content that's happened in the wake of the big fan fest announcement, which kind of put some ripples out. So I'd like to kick that off to, to Zell first and just give me your general thoughts on the uh, amount of changes going on in PC right now. Well, um, ERA is currently um, basically just dropping districts. Um, we picked up uh, we picked up two in Top Men already. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been interesting because I've been watching uh, the forums, which, of course, uh, the War Room is always entertaining. And... Um, uh, basically, it, it seems it seems that there's uh, some some sort of standoff about who's going to dump their districts first, um, because you know Ancient Exiles has talked about uh, giving districts to the community. Sparrow's talked about it. Um, you know, then Sparrow wasn't going to defend them. Then he did defend them, but then he's now releasing them, um, and we haven't seen uh, what AE is going to do yet. Um, I, I think they originally were talking about more going to the community, and then they were talking more directly about giving them to uh, other former DNS corps that they liked. Because um, AE has said that they're on their way out, um, that they're leaving the game or disbanding or whatever the heck it is. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of things going on right now. It's it's pretty mixed in the, the messages I'm getting, which she kind of described. And, you know, I, I wonder how much of it's truthful, how much of it is, you know, positioning. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it actually plays out in practice over the next week or so. Jacko, you've been pretty busy in the, uh, the PC scene with TESOL for a little while, even after the Blue Donut. What's your what's your kind of assessment on where things are at right now? Uh, at the moment, every, everything's pretty much set up in the air chaos. Uh, that's that's pretty much the the entire overlook of uh, the PC world at this point in time. Battle lines are being drawn, then redrawn, then redrawn again, then redrawn again, and we no one knows who's actually on whose side. Um, even Kane and uh, Cujo and stuff like that have been blindsided by multiple. Uh, corporations swapping sides here and there throughout the conflict so until it's settled down it, it's it is literally chaos and um we will see who who managed to uh dump their districts first i suppose in accordance with what they've been saying or if they will at all yeah i mean it, the there's so many different things that have been said by so many different parties between both leaders of different corps and uh members under them that you just it's really you're gonna have, just have to wait and see how it shakes out because you really can't go at the word of any post that you find in the war room right now well as a as a uh, pseudo diplomat for tsol since i was on the ceo post i have been approached and reapproached by uh multiple diplomatic envoys from every every corner of this you know from Zatara, Kane, uh, from AE, from other things. It's, you know, the whole thing's up and everyone's trying to grab as many people as they can and hold on to or give away land all over the place. It's, 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 it is utter, utter chaos and no one knows where to go because you go one way and then suddenly everything swings back to the other direction again on you. It is nice to have, uh, have war room activity again, though. I mean, after FanFest, the war room was all... Uh... It, it was too friendly. It, it really it lost its uh, usual sheen of, of mudslinging and, and dirt and lies. And uh, we've got that all back, which is pretty fantastic. Well, you know, just a, this is just a quick observation that I made is, you know, uh, I, was, I was talking to somebody earlier today about this. And basically chaos breeds content. That's no different on the Eve side. And it's no different really in any other kind of game that's socially driven. So in a weird way, chaos is good now. What I also see happening in addition, in addition to the district changes, because there was, um, I, 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 I wouldn't call it a mass exodus, but a there was definitely a departure, a noticeable departure of a lot of the old time vets after the FanFest announcement. What I'm seeing right now from the Diplo sides is a lot of people are looking to realign their corpse specifically. So what I think you're going to start seeing is a lot of alliance or corp mergers moving back and forth. Uh, and that's just kind of the rumblings on the Diplo side that I've been hearing. And, and I'm kind of curious if you guys, since all three of you are uh, either Alliance heads, CEOs, or you know, past or former, if you guys are getting that same sensing as well. Sure thing. I'm getting a lot of sensing that there's a lot of merging and discussions going on and alliances reforming and then breaking apart and reforming again. So it's, it's going to be a very um, interesting time. I, and I'd agree with you that chaos chaos does breed content, but there's also generally a, a level of controlled chaos that's required to make good content. At the moment, it's a bit over chaotic for a lot of people um, who've tried to take advantage of the chaos to actually break into PC, and it's not quite working out for them because the chaos is so fluctuating. They don't know who to go in with or who to go in beside. And that when they do choose a, a side, it generally can't, they go in and suddenly 
the other guys who are they thought who were allied with them are now being the aggressors on them and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a great point. Go ahead, Pokey. I'm sorry. I'm just saying it makes it makes it interesting. You know, it's it was pretty stagnant for a while. So I, I think in terms of the health of the game mode, it's it's certainly helpful to have a little bit of chaos rather than just you know the the same old every every day. So it, it, like I said, it's it's not necessarily conducive to breaking into PC, but it's different than what we've had before, and I think it's a good start to make it a little more interesting in the long run. Well, that's one of the things I've kind of noticed over the last week is, uh, and I think Jack will spot on, so, so are both of you guys. It's, uh, it, it is this, it's a radical realignment of sort of who's friends and who's enemies. And, and at the end, it, it's probably going to be a good thing. But um, having a chat with a couple of newer players yesterday who, who literally have very little understanding about what's going on in the game, they see this, uh, they think the game is actually, interestingly enough, delivering what, uh, we all thought it was or should have been delivering months ago, like this persistent sort of conflict environment. Uh, and, you know, I didn't have the heart to think, uh, kind of give them the backstory yet, but it is kind of interesting. So it tells me that the new player experience right now in terms of what leaders in the corps do, what recruiting officers do, actually can uh, go a long way into retaining some guys and maybe even helping them transition over to Legion down the road. And like I said, that's just sort of my observation of kind of hanging around on the recruiting channels lately is, if you're a new guy, you know, like it, it's come on board in the last you know month or so, this actually looks pretty cool. Uh, now, I think we all have a very a slightly different view of it, but it, it is probably not a bad thing to remember that that there's different perspectives uh, inside the game community right now. Well, um, being uh, blue donutted for you know a few months certainly didn't help. No, it certainly didn't. I think it kind of killed off a lot of interest people had in PC. And I think perhaps a bit of this chaos at this point might be beneficial in kind of shaking people awake after a, a good rest, and maybe it'll come back to a more uh, healthy position in a few time in a few weeks. That depends on if uh, we actually do break the blue donut and don't just shift the name on it, which is right. yet in question. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to the assumption that it actually is going to break apart into smaller pieces and, and realign. It's kind of like, like Jason said, it's not necessarily a mass exodus. I would consider more we're, we're sifting the sandbox through a grate and kind of seeing where it lands, you know, when we're done, who falls through and who moves around and whatnot. That that would generally be my consensus, that you've got uh, rather big dogs like uh, Nian San, who has shown a ability to hold on to everything they get in this game and they control a very vast amount of districts and it's very hard and to move a district once they get it yes and it's um can generally considered that you know wherever neon sand sort of goes at this point in time is where the blue donut's going to follow whether we intend it or not well neon sand kind of follows the blue donut rather than creates the blue donut they've they've moved they they stay neutral in the major conflicts and then ally with whoever wins or at least that's the impression I've gotten over over you know an extended period of time that they they usually an, announce some intention to be neutral during uh, major conflicts and they tend to end up on the winning side. Yes, I mean, with, with this conflict though, they actually have officially outstated out that they are aligned with ancient exiles in this conflict. They did. Um, I was surprised actually because they I, I believe they did originally claim neutrality, um, in it and then uh, they uh, changed their minds. Well, delving in, delving into internal politics, from what I've understood, apparently the the English speaking um, portion of Nian San that uh, made up of you know the US and the European and 
Australian players that went over to them broke away leadership-wise from the original establishment who were playing the neutrality games and they've declared support for Ancient Exiles, which has caused them to actually move over compared to being neutral as usual. Uh, one one quick thing, just so for, for a bit, I think probably everybody listening probably knows this, but we do have some EVE players that are popping in and out. Uh, Neonsan is primarily a Japanese sport. Uh, they they do have a fair amount of northern North American players and some uh, some Oceania players, but they are by and large a a non English speaking corp. Uh, so that what happens is they tend to run their timers at a very inconducive time for anybody else. So it's it's pretty smart gamesmanship on their part. But uh, they are a large power block. A lot of people understand the name Neon Sign, but uh, it, it is kind of interesting playing them if you're in the North American time zone. They're in the the Tokyo time zone, it does get a bit challenging. Not to mention the wonderful lag of playing uh, players that are literally on the other side of the globe from you. That's not simply a, uh, a US or European problem. Uh, even coming from Oceania, we have lag playing on the Asian servers. Oh, huh, really? That's, I, I actually thought you, uh, that's right, you're on the Oceania server, they're on the Asian, or are they on the same one? No, it's actually two separate servers, Asia and Oceania, and the Oceanic connection to Asia service is almost as bad as uh, the US connection to Oceania or Asia. I'm curious. We actually prefer to play on the US servers over the um, Asia, uh, over the Asia ones. Why? Why? I'm curious if that's a PSN issue that will be resolved with the move to PC or not with Legion, or yeah, if it's just a server issue. I mean, I, I can't say I have much much experience working with uh, Oceanic uh, groups in other games, but do you tend to see that kind of lag in other games, or is it just in Dust? No, we we generally had, tend to have a higher um, ping of games, but we don't always have Asia servers in other games as well. Generally, our uh, our average ping to most other games, whether it be an MMORPG or an FPS, is about 200 milliseconds, roughly. Um, some get higher, some get lower, but that's usually our general ping. I, I did. I did not realize that. It's kind of interesting. It's puts you in an interesting position when you're trying to uh, to work on cross time zones, I suspect, or work joint ops with other people. Well, back in the early days of our PC, we used to say if we ever got the server, we'd win, and it was generally the way it went. Unfortunately, all the time we used to get the Americans to go and drop on the American servers, and we'd have massive lag outs. Whereas if they dropped on ours, they would find they would get the unplayable lag. Same thing with Asia servers at this point in time, but seems to be anyone connected with the Asian servers has that uh, lag deficiency. That's rough. Well, we uh, we did have a couple guests that just popped in, so I'd like to. It's probably a pretty good segue away from the uh, the political angle, which uh, right now actually it is kind of interesting because there there is a political angle uh, in terms of the PC side of Dust, which we haven't had in a while, but. Uh, I think probably next week we'll be able to cover a little bit more because maybe the, the dust is settled. Tr- truly no, no pun intended there. But uh, real quick, I'd like to uh, see if we could get some intros. Uh, Urz, are you on? Yeah. I'm Urzil99, a director in Multiplex Gaming. And uh, my sister has a PS3 and she occasionally plays Dust514. I'm a huge fan of that. The family connection. There you go. And Hans. I'm uh, Hans Jägerblutzen, uh, CSM 7 Vice Secretary and current CPM Chairman. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Um, and this is actually pretty interesting because uh, we've been talking to Hans on and off about some of the things that have happened since the Legion announcement. And one thing that I'd kind of like to lead into the next segment with is 
I think everybody understands that um, the communication job that CCP did at FanFest w- was a, probably about as bad as it could be done. And what a lot of us have found out since then is that there were some very good announcements and some very interesting announcements that legitimately will help uh, the game, not not just of Dust, but of the future of Legion on PC, uh, that were really washed away. And I think we've started to cover quite a bit of that here and there. But one of the things that we wanted to talk to Hans about tonight, well, really, there's, there's sort of three things, and I'd be very keen to hear some of the EVE players' perspective on this on a couple areas, too. Uh, first is what could we expect for Dust 514 or 514 in the future? Like, what is in the realm of the possible that CCP is willing to do for Dust? Uh, and then a little bit about what is the role of the CPM going forward now that we've had the Legion announcement. And I think once we get done with that, we'll probably wrap it up with a couple of very specific discussions on Legion, uh, particularly the progression system, since that seems to be the topic du jour on the forums right now. Um, so with that, what I'd like to do is kind of open it up to, to Hans a little bit. And just if you could kind of let us know what you think the the goal CCP has, or at least what your, what your read on their goal is in terms of Dust 514, and we'll kind of kick off the discussion that way. Does that sound okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll just kind of say a few things, and then you guys can ask me whatever questions you have from there. Um, in, in terms of what kind of content and what kinds of things we can expect for the um, the PS3, um, I think I think you're going to see a lot of stuff that's similar to what we've had in the point releases so far. With um, and we haven't gotten into this very specifically, but my my gut reaction is that we probably won't see as much of like the new item type content. Um, but certainly things like balance changes or like we've seen numerical tweaks and adjustments to planetary conquest mechanics in the past, um, hot fixes for problems, um, that sort of thing. I think all of that's still very much within the realm of possibility. The, the really, um, the kind of, I think what the deciding factor is going to be about what kinds of stuff can be done on the PS3 versus what kind of stuff is going to be just focused on Legion has a lot to do with, um, you know, basically any kind of assets or content that has to be optimized for the PlayStation. That I think is where the d- dividing line is, where it, where it becomes not no longer cost efficient to um, you know develop for the P- PS3 compared to just putting that those time and effort and resources into into the Legion version of all this. And uh, and, and for example, like. What I, I think a lot of people don't realize is, is um, like, there's a lot of a, a common request I hear right now is, well, they can finish out the heavy weapons on on the PS3, or we can add some more vehicles, or we can uh, do that sort of thing. But I think what, what people don't realize is that for the last year, for the last couple of years, so many so many of these game assets that they're using in Legion right now were actually developed in very high res, um, high fidelity sort of models uh, all along for Dust. And then what the developers have to do is they have to take these really cool things, whether it's a game level or a, or a vehicle, or an, a gun, or a drop suit. They have to take these really cool things that they've built, and then they got to spend months trying to dumb it down and grind it down and and force it to work on this ten year old hardware. And that's that's been where a big part of the bottleneck has been. And so, so the, I think a similar kind of situation applies when we're looking at what's ahead for the PS3 for uh, content as well, where. We, you know, the, there's some really serious questions that have to be asked of, okay, is it worth spending months trying to optimize a set of equipment to get it to run on 10 year old hardware? Or should we just be focusing on building good content, getting it into Legion and getting Legion ready to, to ship, you know, getting a, a beta into the hands of players, uh, focusing on ha- accelerating that process. Um, and I, and, and for me personally, 
Like I'm, I'm very comfortable with them, uh, you know, putting their, their, their time and resources where it's most efficient, which is, is into Legion. Um, that, that said, uh, there is a huge amount of value, uh, that can be gained from keeping dust around, keeping it running, keeping, uh, that attention to, to polishing, uh, certainly things like balance. Like there, it's going to be a while before, and not as long as people think, but it's, it's still going to be a little while before people get into beta. And until there's a large player mass test sort of going on for Legion, there's still a huge amounts of the, the sort of, you know, moment to moment, uh, combat and, and that experience that can all be fine tuned and developed uh, within Dust, and that that the combat mechanics and the weapons and the balancing, a lot of that will will port over just fine um, into Legion. And so I think that's that's where you're going to see a lot of the bulk is in on refinement of of a lot of the content that we really have, as opposed to adding in a bunch of new new maps and new toys that really just aren't cost efficient at this point in time to develop for the PS3. So that's my gut reaction. Um, that said, there hasn't been like an explicit, this is, this is what can and can't be done. There's not, there's not been like a, a drafted set of, of rules or boundaries yet. Um, uh, CCP has a new individual that will be introduced here either this week or next week. Um, uh, that is being placed in charge of all the PS3 development. And so it'll be his responsibility to get a roadmap uh, posted publicly so that players have a very clear expectation of what kinds of content and what kind of changes and fixes are going to be coming to dust on the PS3. So that's that's something that we should have uh, some information uh, very shortly about um, to sort of clarify that sort of thing. Um, and then, let's see, you were asking another question. Was it, uh, what was the other one besides... Uh, what can be done for the PS3? Was it CPM contribution to Legion? Yeah, well, sort of. Sort of. What is the? Because you've got three leading CPM candidates on with uh, Pokey, Sarai, and, and Jackal. What What do you see as the sort of the criticality of the CPM with both Dust and Legion going forward? Sure. So the, the role that the CPM has had uh, in Legion so far, we've we've had a lot of high level input on the 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 sort of gameplay pillars, stuff like PVE, uh, the the market. Um, organized play, and, and certainly we've, we've had a lot of discussion uh, and notes passed back and forth about the prog- progression system. And that's the, the state of the progression system now. And I know there's, and we can get into that in a bit, but it, it's in a much healthier place even than, we, than even when we first started working with CCPZ. And CCPZ came in with some initial ideas that were fairly, you know, they were very interesting and very different than what we were used to. And, and we pointed out a lot of problems and a lot of things that... Uh, you know, okay, this is this stuff isn't as much of an issue, but this stuff really is. And like, whatever you do, like this this part of the system, you don't have to change because players already like it. But it's this other thing that they want flattened out instead. And we had a lot of that input that sort of led to where we're at now. And that's and that even that system is still a work in progress in terms of um, development. And that's that's something that's really interesting. Is a lot of players look at this and they they get a little nervous when they see something like that progression tree on stage at FanFest. But I think what's what's exciting about this is that this is the kind of these these plans are being shared not just with the CPM but that that progression system people saw on stage that's still at a very early stage you know in the design process where where this kind of input's really critical and this is like the kind of in the holy grail that we've been looking for all year which is developers sharing uh, their ideas at a stage in the process where they can be changed before anything hits code and that's exactly what's happening here is is this progression system it's not like that tree has been put into the code of the legion client yet this is still very much how they want to flesh out 
a system that hasn't been working so well in dust and and what they're putting on stage really is their their early ideas and that's something we've been the community's been asking for and the cpm's been asking for uh since we were formed so that that kind of uh input into how the the legion features shape up will certainly be a big part of the cpm's job um, the cpm's job will still obviously be to advise and and continue to put pressure on um the important things that need to be changed for dust on the ps3 as well so it's going to be a dual role like the people that be elected, they're going to be representatives of the Dust community, but they're they're going to have two jobs, not only to continue to work with the developers that are assigned to Dust on the PS3, but they'll also be advising all of the future plans uh, that are going to be going into, into Legion as well. Um, and, and, and the other really, really, really important task that the CPM is going to have, that, that's going to be a continuation of work that the current CPM has been doing for months, and that is uh, all of the work that's gone into planning for the transition uh, from from characters and that sort of stuff between the two games. And this is something that's been one of the just drives me bonkers about the way this whole thing was handled at FanFest because we spent months talking about character transfers, talking about why it was important to preserve, you know, what we call the footprints in the sand. Um, that's kind of the way the CPMs always talked about it, is look, you have to preserve the effort and the impact. Even things like Planetary Conquest, you know, people have have left this legacy and left this story uh, and created this universe and created this culture. And, and all of that really needs to be transferred and, and transplanted as intact as possible from one game to the next. So we've talked extensively with CCP about how to do that, what kinds of things need to transfer, how they can transfer, when they should transfer, like huge, hugely in-detail conversations. And then, uh, you know, not just that, but... Um, you know, uh, talking about not just the, the transfer of characters, but also just making sure that, that the current uh, Dust community is, is absolutely the first ones in line to test uh, Legion as well. And so we've talked extensively about when and how to get current Dust players into very, very early um, alpha, beta testing. And, and we've talked about sort of tiered levels of access and how to get you know, the, some of the best players in for some very, very early testing and then instantly start to ramp that up as, as soon as we can to a wider closed beta of, of current Dust players and then finally more as we inch closer to an open beta that, that the public can join into. But we've talked very, very extensively about how to preserve the, the current uh, console community, how to make sure that they're first in line for all of this and that they're the ones that are have the biggest impact on Legion's development. The The... the drives me nuts that almost none of those conversations that we've been, you know, this is what people talk about. What has the CPM, CPM been up to? This is it. Like this, even more than making sure that the features that are being developed for Legion are in a healthy place, making sure that the community is respected. That's like been one of our top missions for the last, you know, basically since October when we first found out. And so um, even though CCP kind of, you know, they, they were too hesitant to, to share because the details of all of that haven't been locked in and some of the timelines are still fluid, uh, they got very scared to, to, to even mention uh, some of those plans at FanFest. And so the, the, the result was that players walked away feeling as if CCP didn't give a crap and, and hadn't put any thought or time into this, which, which couldn't be further from the truth. And you know, I don't know how soon they're going to start to share some of that, uh, some of these, you know, testing plans and how to get people involved in, in uh, Legion planning. Um, but, 
you know, that's that's something that the the CPM one is going to ha- absolutely have to take that baton from CPM zero and, and carry it forward and make sure that that all of that stuff is in a healthy st- spot, sort of every step of the way. So that's kind of the the. It's going to be like a three part mission. You got feedback on dust on the PS3, feedback on Legion, and then what, in my con- opinion, was one of the most important roles for a player advocacy group, which is how to respect. Uh, and make sure that the current community is is absolutely first in line and and given the utmost respect and and, uh, and reward for their time and effort as as you know as we get closer to transitioning from one game to the next. Now uh, we've spoken a bit on on various channels, and you expressed to us kind of a narrative of how uh, you, you felt that the presentation should have gone or how it was intended to go. Uh, could you kind of share what TP's intention for the presentation was in contrast to what actually happened? Yeah, I think I think uh, it really starts as early as, as looking at what happened last year at FanFest. Um, last year at FanFest, uh, uh, CCP got on stage and, and gave a keynote that basically contained a vast amount of uh, promises and, and, and not just like content that they said was coming, but some really like inappropriate dates too and, and time frames that were given where where the planning and the and the foresight into whether any of that was deliverable hadn't really like that homework hadn't been done before people got on stage and talked about it. And the end result was was this big gap between what was said was coming and what has actually been delivered in the last year. And I think it, all of us have are really intimate with that situation and how that's been frustrating. And so the the mindset going into this year's fan fest was basically to do as far from that as possible. In other words, to be much more conservative in what was shared and only talk about stuff that was absolutely concrete. If they're if they're going to show a picture on stage, it needs to be at something from an actual running demo, which is what they did. That was actually somebody playing a Legion client as opposed to concept art. Um, so they they try to do a very grounded realistic view that was on the conservative side in terms of future promises. The The downside of that is that it, it meant that all of the information about intent and what, what they'd like to do with all of this got lost because they, they tried to stick so literal to what is what has already been made rather than what they're planning to do with all this. And it just left players in this really, really confused, angry, sort of feeling like they had no idea what was going on sort of state. And um, in terms of how this progressed, like when we first talked in October and we first, or first heard out uh, heard about all this, um, you know, the plan was very much to, for, especially from CCP Rouge, the, the plan was very much to share all of this very soon, like like early January, like beginning of this year. Uh, Rouge wanted to get some of this information out, and as a result of sort of CCP's larger marketing plans and, and business plans with regards to Valkyrie announcements and that sort of thing. Like they, 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 you know, for whatever reason, they, they, they got cold feet about announcing this early. And so it got bumped to, you know, GDC and then they decided, well, no, we're focusing on Valkyrie for GDC. So now we're going to bump it to FanFest. And even at that point, Rouge wanted, really wanted to sit down and have like a face to face with the community, get all these questions out of the way, you know, get all of the information about how this was all going to work into the players so that when he went on stage at FanFest, all of the stuff he showed about the demo of Legion and all the, the stuff about the tech and how the game was changing, all of that was in a much more sort of festive atmosphere, an optimistic atmosphere, because people had already gotten the sort of difficult news and answered the difficult questions out of the way. But every step of the way, it's gotten bumped and gotten bumped and gotten bumped. And and really, Rouge and, and the team have been as, as frustrated as the CPM 
you know, and how they've been hamstrung in terms of sharing information, because a lot of this is coming from the corporate level. And, and that's really, that's really what it boils down to is, is uh, decisions that were above the heads of any, anybody that was involved in this. And, and it's really unfortunate. And, and what I've been, all I've been trying to stress in the, at the end of the day is like, if the, if it's not Rouge that's making this decision, if it's somebody higher up, if it's, you know, uh, another layer of management or the executive board, or I don't know who, who it was exactly, but like those people now <laughs> need to be involved with the CPM. Those people need to be talking with the community. Like if they're that out of touch that they didn't understand or didn't listen to all of the warnings and all of the advice and all of the, the urging from the CPM on how not to screw this up. If that, if that didn't penetrate that high up, then, then, then those people need to start getting involved with the community as well. They're like, they're that there's no level that's sort of too high in the company to get them, get somebody to sit down and talk to players. In, in my opinion, if, if that's how, if this is the, the, how badly the consequences of not listening can turn out. So hope, hopefully that'll give a little background on sort of how we got to this place. Well, I think that uh, more than once, I know uh, on pod side, it's been discussed, um, in other in in other discussions on forums and everything, it's it seems to be a recurring theme that these the problems that CCP tends to have overall uh, tend to come from management as opposed to the actual devs themselves. Yeah, I mean, I would say certainly with the surrounding the messaging of Legion and how how FanFest went and all of that, that that certainly appears to be the case. And and we're seeing a lot of actual progress on the dev side too. We're getting more and more cooperation. Um, in terms of information sharing, uh, people people have probably noticed by now. There's a couple of uh, really great posts out there uh, regarding uh, sort of UI tech and and other sort of uh, stuff that that I mean, there's the developers are starting to post about their work, uh, you know, and directly to the the forum community, and and that's that's super healthy. And and even in the wake of FanFest, you know, people saw some pretty quick posts up from the developers trying to answer questions, and and uh, I, I really do think we're at the on the cusp of a, a different sort of chapter and a different era in in terms of communication, um, because now that the big news is out of the way. This was the sort of big umbrella, you know, change that without without people understanding the, the shift to Legion, um, so much of all of the other details about what was going on became difficult to talk about. And now that that lid is off, uh, I, I certainly expect and hope to see a lot more communication. And that's that's the pre- again, it'll uh, the follow through on that will will be pretty heavily dependent on. Uh, the CPM zero and CPM one holding CCP responsible to those commitments because they have made commitments to us. They have told us that, that things were going to change once this was out in the open and, and uh, now, now we're there and it's, we just have to be vigilant and make sure that, that they continue to, to keep the information flowing. So that's, that's kind of even in the, the immediate day to day, that's what we're working on right now is to make sure we get uh, information posted about what's happening with a roadmap for the PS3. And then the other big one that we're pushing for right now is we got to get the information going uh, and out there about the, the CPM one election. That's something I also expect to happen in the next uh, week or two here. So, so on that note, like you said that uh, when the information started coming out, it was coming from a bunch of different people rather quickly. And uh, the, Players saw a lot of uh, contradicting information, and we are wondering if we can probably see some uh, some more of a consolidated uh, set of answers. I mean, I, there's a few on the forums, but I think there's a lot of questions out there that have some mixed answers. Can we see in the near future, you know, a more solid, official, singular response to some of these questions? 
Yeah, I think that would be really useful. I think that's definitely something we can talk to CCB about uh, producing, and 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 maybe maybe it's a, a maybe it's just one sort of meta post where uh, one of the community team members or, or the CPM sits down and helps them uh, kind of collate all these other statements into one spot. Uh, something I think you know along those lines would be really really powerful. I th- I think we'll we'll also I mean uh, Saberwing has has said this in, in numerous places uh, that he plans to get more like Twitch interviews and more uh, face-to-face sort of conversations going between the devs uh, and players talking about their work. And I think, um, you know, doing some doing some interviews with uh, guys like uh, CCP Rouge and CCP Zed um, to kind of get this information out and, and to sit down and, like, kind of gather up all of the remaining questions and take care of them, you know, in, in some kind of singular presentation, I think will be really helpful. But um, you're, you're right. There has been, that's been the downside of the quick reaction is that, uh, you know, there was a lot of scrambling that went on to get people the information they needed, but it, it hasn't been very consistent or consolidated. And again, it's, it's just, it's so frustrating. It's like, this is, this is one of those preventable sort of situations that uh, we warned CCP, you know, for months and months and months, like, not only do you have to uh, get all this information out ahead of time, you know, and, and clear up these questions before, before they expect people to be excited. I mean, that's the really sad thing is that they dropped this bomb on the community and people were scared and confused and, and angry. And then they try to show off all their cool work. And no one cared about a lot of the cool work during the first couple days like people are just now kind of going back and and looking through the tech presentations and the progression systems and really starting to dig into that but it's taken a week for people to get to that point because all they've been sorting out is their own sort of emotional you know reaction to all of this news and so the glasses effect exactly exactly exactly. and that's that's why we them to get this information out ahead of time and you know and we warned them that this was going to be a mess if they didn't and that if even if they did announce it at FanFest they needed to have a, a you know and even Rouge wanted to do a, a frequently asked questions and and have more posting that went up simultaneously with the keynote that sort of answered all of the questions that people were going to have and I guess I guess somebody somewhere felt like that was going to be too defensive or something or or that like by by sort of trying to preemptively handle da- like preemptively damage control a situation that it, it somebody i guess i don't know like i don't understand the mentality that re- really went into this because it was just so it was so damaging I, I can actually see the mentality of uh, that but what what actually happened because of what they did it all seemed like a knee-jerk reaction in response to the community outrage so you were either damned if you did and damned if you don't if this in this case if you tried to preemptively defend it it would seem defensive but now it seems like they're just knee-jerking themselves because suddenly they've realized that um oh my this didn't go over as well as we thought it may not be the impression they have but it, it's the impression they've given the community yeah, and I mean, like a perfect example of that is is uh, you know their announcement about the transfers, the you know name transfers and, and item transfers and all of that. Like, the, I think it came across, and I, I was listening to to Podside uh, last week, and I think it was Zion that uh, Zion Shad that was talking about how uh, they had to do an emergency sort of meeting on the spot with Sony to like lock in some commitments that they could then turn around and post in the next day. And the frustrating thing is that 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 whole story and that that narrative, like it makes it seem as if none of this was talked about until FanFest. And that's not true at all, because the CPM had been warning them and talking about this with with CCP for like three or four months prior. So how 
like how when we told when we're telling them for three or four months you gotta you gotta talk to Sony you gotta lock this down you have to have those commitments ready to go and you gotta make those announcements simultaneously with this with this news about your project like to urge them and have very detailed conversations back and forth with CCP for months and then to have none of that happen at FanFest and then for all the scrambling like there's no excuse for it like they could have they could have and should have done that a long time ago and like and on that note, i don't i don't know why it wasn't and on that note they should have had legion greenlit before they even announced on stage and especially in place of the dust keynote because everyone went in there expecting it to be about dust it ended up being sidelined from the start for a for what was considered by a lot of people to be a project you know it was it wasn't even a, a fully approved game it was okay this is what we're working on this is what we're hoping you know, we'll get greenlit by by the management to be run. And, and I don't think I don't think it members, would. A lot of Dust Me members were upset because they their their game had been sidelined and is now no longer being developed because of a game that isn't actually greenlit as being. We are going to do this. It's a matter of we we're trying to do this. Like well, it's a, a solid it's, gameplay performance. It'd be great, but it's not even greenlit. Well, and you know that's something that we uh, on the on the capsular side had experience too with World of Darkness and you know and and walking in stations and and the whole Incarna thing, you know we we had to basically vote with our feet. But however, you guys, you know, you can't vote with your feet. And who cares, right? You're not. You're, it's not like you're bringing in that kind of money, right? It's a not. It's you don't. You don't have subscriptions. Yes, the microtransactions and in the interest in there. No, and, there's, and that kind of stuff, you're, but. you're absolutely right. There's not any way to like boycott our way to it. Like any kind of stunt like that is not going to have any impact right now just because of, of the size of the community and everything else. Like there's, there's no point in trying to like strong arm a decision one way or the other. If people want this to be greenlit, the best thing they can do is stay around, keep playing dust, keep giving feedback about how to make dust better and, and be ready to play Legion and be a part of the alpha and beta testing of Legion as well and give good feedback. Like that's, that's what will get it greenlit. Like I, I, I disagree that this all could have been greenlit, trademarked and uh, announced with a platform official platform uh, selection uh, before it was ever shown to the players. Um, that's, I mean, that wasn't what was done with E-Valkyrie, for instance. That was in a place where it was playable and and where CCP needed to know whether people liked it or not and, and felt it was worth pursuing. Um, that was announced last year without I, I a... Think I can agree with that, but Valkyrie was a side project that some other guys did. It wasn't, they didn't sideline the developer of EVE Online to produce Valkyrie. That's, that's, yeah, well, the, that's yeah, the issue. I mean, it's, it's, not a matter of, it's not a matter of they, they developed on the side. Fair enough, have the project on the side. That is absolutely fine. But what they did was they sidelined the entire Dust 514 game in I order feel, to work on the project. Yeah, that's what, no, at, least that's, that, at least that's what the community, community sees. They, I mean, the big thing that I've been saying is that there that really more than anything else there's nothing wrong with how legion was presented in itself but that they shouldn't have come to the dust keynote without something that was coming to dust in the near future i mean if you look at the eve oh, keynote, absolutely the, the eve keynote came with this is what you're getting this summer here and then they had a whole n- separate keynote for during CCP presents, we're like, and here's all the stuff that's coming down the road. Whereas we just got the down the road, and Dusk's entire history has been filled with, well, it's coming down the road. 
Absolutely. And and I mean, that's like that. That's I think what we're going to see from this uh, new developer that's been put in charge of the PS3, you know, uh, development. We're going to get that information in the next week or two. But I absolutely agree. It should have been decided and announced long before because, I mean, we've been talking about what sort of stuff needs to be balanced. You know, we and we've been talking even with very specific fixes like uh, planetary conquest uh, adjustments You know, to to take care of the passive income and the, and the clone pack prices. Those were all very concrete plans that were in motion between the CPM and CCP right up in the weeks leading to FanFest. Like we have an open like project that we're trying to nail, nail down those, those numbers and get that, those fixes made like right now in progress. And so like, there's no reason that information shouldn't have been presented uh, along with and, and ahead of all of the stuff regarding the Legion. And that was certainly what we, what we asked for was like, come up on what, what a 1.9 patch is going to look like. Make sure you know that you can do it, announce it and, and show that you're still committed and then talk about this other side project. So people understand that, that you're not dropping one for the other. And, and this whole like, dropping one for the other is kind of a misnomer anyways because the whole point is that even the the current dust community even the console players like everyone knew that this time was limited on the ps3 and a a move had to be done it was inevitable and so the fact that they're finally doing it you know isn't mean that one's abandoned it just means that this is the necessary work that it would take to get it to the next level whether it's ps4 or pc either way this this had to be done and it just it just sucks that in the messaging that so little of that came across and, and left people so scared. It was just it well, was very it, unnecessary. Well, well, the thing is, Hans, that you know, for the last two years on Podside, we've been you know spitballing and saying that hey, we you know this in order for this to get past where it's at right now, it's going to have to go to a better platform than just PS3. And what's going to be the evolution of it? And we everybody's always said it's got to go to PC. It's got to go to PC. And 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 then now two years later, you know, it for a lot of us, it's it's this it was a no brainer. It had to go to PC um, in order for it to survive. Uh, the the problem is, and I, and I think a lot of us this the last few months here well probably since february when there was like this is going to be this huge announcement at fan fest and blah 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 and everybody was getting pumped up and all excited and and it was a you know like we kind of referenced before you know you had this huge build-up so now when you had this huge build-up and then you popped it like they did in fan fest they made it a bigger explosion you know, yeah, and it wasn't. It yeah. was. It, it wasn't yeah. how the. It was. So what? What was said? It was how it was said. I think. Your your player base felt like you were setting them up for a fall. And the. Yep. Uh, it's really sad. The marketing push with the articles, the simultaneous articles where they went out and emphasized to ten different blogs that it was a completely different game, and that uh, you know. It, it was what it was, and dust was you, so confusing. You know, dust was dead so confusing. And everything. Yep. They just made it so much worse with the marketing push. Well, let's just let's just all be clear on one thing. And and I don't think anybody. I mean, we're all adults here. Like Legion is dust, and there there was some marketing rebranding for, for a lot of reasons. And I think we can. I think we all agree that how this was brought about was ultimately not a good thing. And let's be real, the community took a hit for it. And like and literally, as you can said, players voted with their feet and they left. Um, and, and I, I mean, some people buy on mass accounts, a lot of people literally just up and walked away, which is, is really unfortunate. Um, but one thing I, w- I would like to kind of point out, there's, there's a couple of good things here. Um, it, no matter what we think about how CCP did this, w- one of the things I took away from this, at fan, even though, by the way, I'm, I'm a fairly dedicated console or Mac player. Like I, I don't, I do not own a PC. So 
um, I'm, you know, I'm one of the ones probably more affected than most by this. One of the things I took away was that CCP, their commitment to the vision of what they want to, like their games to be is probably as strong as it's ever been because they easily could have cut dust and walked away and then hung their hat on Valkyrie and Eve, but they didn't. They effectively doubled down on it. So Absolutely. Yep. That, that is one thing that I don't, I really don't want to get lost in all this. And, and ultimately, you, you know, we've had a couple of three port postmortems of the fan fest activities and, and what I'm, I'm kind of trying to, to look for is where they see this going and, and how is the path of developing? Cause right now, and again, I'm a console player, so I'm probably one of the most affected guys in the room. I, I'm pretty excited for what they're putting together. And I, I think that they've got a lot of interesting things that they could do now that they can bring it to a next-gen platform. And so I don't want us to lose sight of that. I mean, trust me, I'm all about calling out CCP when they've done wrong, or, or which is, is not infrequent, let's be real. But they do have vision. And, and you know what? As much as we bitch about it, they deliver on that vision. It takes them a while, and it's ugly. Uh, and this certainly is that right now, but I actually think that things are going to shape up well in the future. Uh, and frankly, I'm pretty excited to, to have a much closer and much more meaningful link into Eve and eventually Valkyrie into the three, because what, and Hounds helped me out and just correct me if I'm wrong. What it looks like to me is because they're doing a ground up rebuild, essentially taking the, the mechanics and the guts out of dust, at least from the player side, but. They're essentially baking it into an Eve architecture where there's a, there can be a much closer link. Like I think there's some discussion about even the market, like they're building the market into it versus trying to backwards compat compatible a market from the PS3 into the current Eve market. So to yeah, me, that's, that's absolutely it's, right. It's incredible. Yeah, like the market's a great example. People have been wanting this a long time in, in the PS3, and and the, there's there's two issues. They could have done either player trading, which would have had a very simple UI on the surface, but would have required massive amounts of overhauling on how items and people and stuff was was because all of the stuff that's taken place in Dust, it is still all on tranquility. The where items are stored, where people are, are hanging out in their captain's quarters, there are they are in a station in a system somewhere, just like an Eve pilot is as far as coding and there is no mechanic that just allows players to trade instantaneously across interstellar divides and so like a simple player training thing would have required a massive back-end overhaul for a very small surface level feature now i granted i say small it would have had a profound impact on dust but it's still a relatively small uh, niche sort of thing to do an entire overhaul of how everything is handled in in the entire game of eve now on the flip side of that the market is much simpler because the back the, the thing I, items are already pulled off of the current market system there's a different ui in in dust but it is still the same market core code that these items are being dispensed through even though they're being dispensed by npcs so they eventually could have built a player version of that or turned on the the player trading side of the market and ac access that to dust players but that would have required a much more heavy uh development on the ui for the playstation and that's where again cost efficiency just goes through the floor in terms of um you know it, it just it's ui is very very expensive to do on consoles and ccp said that before and and the the market is one of the most ui intensive ways that they could develop so they were kind of in a, a catch-22 of we either have to massively recode the back end or we have to massively recode for a 10 year old hardware and and a console controller whereas now with uh with legion like that uh, a market becomes much 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 less work you know to get up and running and that's that's why they're there's much 
more comfortable saying this is going to be a launch feature. This is going to be built into the the DNA of the game from the beginning because this is what the tech allows them to do now that they're on at least a, a PC architecture. So you were talking about uh, the reason they won't be adding new content to Dust is because they'd have to spend a lot of time and money on you know, dumbing down and, and integrating the quality of the models and the assets to, to fit the PS3. I, I totally understand that. That's, that's reasonable. Now, we talked a bit about this last week. I'm not sure if you heard, but uh, basically there are things that they could do that wouldn't require any asset creation, which could add quite a bit of content, I think, to the game. I think when we saw the, the preview uh, at FanFest for Legion, there was mention of a, a Domination 2.0 in where the, the Domination hack point would move around the map every five minutes. That's that right, that's awesome. right, yep. C- could we expect certain changes like that that don't require asset creation to be implemented in Dust, or is, are they, they keeping away from that? There's actually asset creation for Domination. If you notice, there's uh, subtle but distinct uh, differences in the map uh, in Domination. True, but I think you understand what I'm saying when I say that there's there's some there's still some things you can do with the existing assets or very very minor changes that could be implemented in Dust that kind of reflect what you're doing in Legion because I think some of those game modes people would love to see it would add yeah, all yeah and, the, players, and I've you know? I've seen the design I've seen the design of the Domination 2.0 and it's vi- it looks very fun it looks very much what people what people are looking for in terms of moving objectives and. And like giving people like it, it seems to solve a lot of the problems that both domination and skirmish have. I've heard really, really fascinating things that have come out of the gameplay testing of that mode and the the types of uh, tactical decisions that squads have to make and the, the way people sort of set up in anticipation for where the next uh, objective is about to pop up. And, and it, it, I've heard some really, really interesting things out of the, the testing of that uh, mode. And I like I would be thrilled to see that on the PS3. I'd, I'd be certainly fine asking for it. Um, I, I just don't know enough off the top of my head, and we haven't uh, gotten a confirmation. You know, I think a lot of that again has to do with okay, they're bringing in somebody that's going to now be the person that's going to oversee all of this. There's probably a, a learning curve if this is a, a relatively recent decision, which I have every reason to believe it has been. Um, that there'll be some, you know, maybe a few weeks or something for him to get a real good handle on who he's going to be working with, how many team members he'll have to work with, and and what, it, like, all of that feasibility stuff is still going to be kind of needing to be hammered out here in the next few weeks. But it does seem that, that CCP is very committed to having not only, a, a, a you know, a certain amount of staff working on it, but also a, a point man as well that'll be the point man for the, the community. Um, here, here I come up with a bit of a contrast issue um, when it comes to especially assets move from, say, Legion development to Dust 5.4. The assets are created for Legion, okay? Unless they've got an abnormally high poly count, which I would assume they're probably still keeping relatively low to keep the performance up there and possibly in the future increase the number of players per battle. Um, so they'd be keeping the poly counts generally low, in my opinion, anyway, unless, of course, they've got a different thing. Wouldn't the, the, the modeling phase costs the money anyway? Porting it over probably wouldn't be as difficult as that. Maybe the mechanics behind individual new weapons like uh you know new arcing trajectories or artillery turrets that have an arcing trajectory similar to a mass driver stuff like that they might they might cause a bit more of an issue but the assets themselves in my opinion probably shouldn't cause that much of an issue yeah yeah i mean i'm just not i'm just not in a position to like 
Yeah, I'm just hesitant to make a statement one way or the other of this is what should or shouldn't be. Even when I talk about, I don't suspect that we'll probably see a lot of new weapons or new suits because of, of the work that I know that goes into optimizing those and, and sort of dumbing them down for the PS3. That's, again, that's more me speaking from a gut instinct than any kind of confirmation I've had from CCP one way or the other. So as long as they're finalizing the, the team of how many people will be working on the PS3 and and as long as you know with this new guy getting set up um to be the point man like he's the one that's going to have to ultimately come to you guys and tell you what is and isn't possible I, you know anything that i'm saying right now is just kind of speculation so is just, this all just one, just one thing obviously the legion is going to have the the edge in developing the mmo aspects of the mmo fps and stuff like that and obviously with some of the mechanics of, um, and graphical quality of the fps version but if you can pull the assets over, you can make dust comparable at the very least in its uh, shooting your face ability to Legion, if not the MMO side. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, anything that they do for Legion, if, if it's technically possible and it's not too much overhead to, to push the button and deploy it on the PS3, it absolutely should be. Like, that should always, like, if it can be done, it should be for almost everything that they do for Legion. It's just where that where that dividing line is. I've got my instincts here about what is likely, but ultimately, you know, what, what people need to do is be be looking out for, for a post from CCP that will, will make that much more clear. So, guys, when, uh, this, this is actually a really good discussion as we transition into sort of what do we see being co-developed in, or at least on a parallel track in Dust and Legion and how the two games can feed each other. And, and one of the things that's come up on the forums here recently that, that's actually generating a lot of really, really interesting feedback uh, from a lot of players is the, the proposed progression system that CCPZ uh, discussed in some of the FanFest videos. Uh, f- frankly, that, that was one of the most interesting things I saw coming out of FanFest, uh, because if, if you've got any kind of background in MMOs, RPGs, EVE, or, or what have you, it's, it's really at its heart. It's about uh, creating that character, creating that tune over time, and either how you grind for it or how you uh, earn, earn the, the points, the, the devices, the things, the whatevers that ultimately lets you build the character the way you want it. And I thought this would be a pretty good thing to tee up since we've got one current CPM and we've got three CPM candidates here. Uh, Hans, if you could give us like the, the elevator version of sort of what you see Zed laying out in terms of the progression system, I think it'd be a really interesting take to hear what the CPM candidates are interested in seeing developed or at least pushed into the, into the progression system. Now, you know, just my own personal views. Uh, I, I always start from the position of what's what is broke or what is not broke. I'm not so sure I could say our current pseudo Eve-like model is broken, but it clearly needs some help. But what I saw Zed uh, laying out was definitely uh, a novel and emergent approach to how they could take progression. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on it, but I'm very keen to hear what you and the uh, and Pokey, Zell, and Black have to say about it. So with that, Hans, I'll turn it over to you for a second. If you can just kind of Lay out just in a nutshell how you think Zed is looking at the progression system, and we have a bit of a discussion on that. Sure. So I think I think the biggest weakness of the current uh, progression system, and this is one that that so far CCBZ is is correctly addressing, um, is the fact that there is almost no instructional or guidance or any kind of information whatsoever that informs players on how they should go about building an effective character. And this is all information that players have to get through either trial and error by investing skill points into just stuff that doesn't work and then being frustrated and praying that there's a respect that may or may not come, um, or they're 
reliance on other players to teach them how to where to put points and where to train. So the, the CCBZ is attempting to address this by creating uh, a much more role oriented uh, skill tree um, where you can pick a type of play style and you can start to work your way down that role. And where you're going to find your not only your uh, drop suit upgrades, but also your weapon upgrades, your equipment upgrades, um, all of the bonuses that affect the performance of those of all of those separate items, you're going to find the 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 stuff that helps that playstyle in the role based tree, as as opposed to what we have now, where you've got a tree for weapons, a tree for suits, a tree for uh, other skills, a tree for vehicles, and then you're just completely lost onto where to start picking skills out of that tree. Um, the the controversy, of course, is the, is it, well, there's a, there's a confusion over. First of all, I think a lot of people see this as oh my gosh, I have to do, um, I have to. If I want an assault rifle, I have to be, you know, or if I want a plasma rifle, I have to pick an assault role or, um, and I can't, I can't use an assault rifle on a scout and because it's not in the scout tree. And, and that, that really doesn't seem to be the case. It, it looks like you, you basically will be unlocking gear as you go down a roll. And then once you've unlocked all the stuff, just like you can today, you can mix and match and put any gear on any suit to your heart's content. The controversy, of course, is whether these items are locked behind a certain role progression. And, this is this is where I have a pretty strong opinion. Um, I think this personally, this this role based design, it reminds me a lot of like the job system from Final Fantasy, you know. Uh, and I think it's it's a very very strong solution to to the current uh, uh, problem of of just leaving uh, players completely astray and and lost and making a bunch of terrible decisions. Um, I think the core of it is is really sound where i where i'm where my concern is and where my my interest is in refining this is is in making sure that experts have as many options to jump rails and cross train stuff from other trees as as possible and there's any number of ways you could do that from having a wild card nodes that you could you know uh put points into to acquire or or otherwise obtain that would let you pick up, you know, weapons or items from another uh, role without having to go really deep down roles just to get a particular item. Um, or it could be other forms of more liquid experience that could be funneled into stuff that uh, you didn't have all the prerequisites for. But there's going to need to be a, a pretty robust tool set for this to work. Otherwise, every time they release a new item, someone's going to go, oh, well, that's great, but now I have to spend four months grinding blank to get that item. And like, they, obviously like that doesn't serve CCP well to have a system that's that restrictive. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid is going to happen. So my interest is making sure that there's going to be enough tools to allow experts to, to mix and match and train um, what, what makes sense to them, even if it's outside of, of the, uh, the on rails experience for new players. What, what I got from our CCP's progression video um, primarily is that they're taking what would be considered an E framework, but slapping a, a semi semi compulsory certificate system over the top of it. Yeah, they're taking the um, certificate system that the EG used to have, or the current mastery system, and they're putting it as an overlay over the skill skill trees sort of thing. Um, so you know, you choose your suit, you know, your role, whatever it is, and then you progress down it and you increase your mastery to use to use the Eve term of that particular role and suit. You know. Obviously, in um, in Eve, you can still spec into different weapons and stuff and fit them to the to the, that same ship. But there's a mastery level for that ship itself that includes its racial weapons and stuff like that. Is that would that be sort of more along the lines of what's supposed to be happening? 
I'm not sure if you're asking me specifically or the group. <laughs> the, uh, I was asking you specifically mainly because um, you're the guy who actually sort of knows more about it behind the scenes. Yeah, I think I think uh, like you say, a semi-compulsory certificate system is a lot is a pretty apt apt description of of what we're seeing at this point in the game. And and like I said earlier, this is still something that there's a lot of flex room on how this can evolve. Like if there's a very strong player reaction against gating items behind a roll whatsoever, which I, there there's there's that certainly that element uh, that's out there in the feedback right now. If that turns out to be the predominant thing, then, then I think there's still room for for looking at ways to to modify this something. I mean, certainly one way this could go is that this this uh, role based progression could be turned into a, a optional overlay or or like a certificate system where you still could put points into all these separate individual trees like you used to be able to. But it, well, that's I'm sort of what I was looking at. I was looking at uh, breaking it down even further rather than having it by uh, a role or class system. You know, have it say, okay, you've got a suit. The suit itself has a progression tree. Yeah, similar to what you've got as an overlay. So you can master the suit, but it doesn't involve things like weapons in that tree. Then you can choose a weapon and have a separate mastery tree for the weapon itself. That's, yeah. that's sort of what I was envisioning, just that breaking it down even further so that you can choose a role and a weapon and work towards both simultaneously rather than, um, as, as was stated, possibly having to move up or use a wild card to get that weapon on another tree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... I think... The, the the important thing here that I mean that I agree with in CCP said Zed's direction is there needs to be a very clear set of guidance in place so that people that want to can can pick a path, go down it, and know that the game isn't leading them into any pitfalls or traps. And I, I don't think people. I mean, I I think some people do, but I, the, there's this is one of those huge. Uh, hugely impactful reasons why we don't have a lot of player retention right now is that it's very, very easy for people to get lost. And, and even in EVE Online, which, which does, I think what you're describing pretty well, which is give, you know, separate sort of trees and separate, uh, paths for, for different types of components. And then there's just a certificate system that's purely optional, um, that guides you. I still don't feel like the Eve system does a very good job of of showing you, okay, this is the kind of gear that you should be training to go with this, you know, ship. And like, like, and ship fitting is one of those things that, you know, the, the certificate system in Eve will tell you what kinds of skills to have, but it's not going to show you what kind of gear should go on your rifter to make it effective. And that's one of its hugest weaknesses that I really believe it, it can be massively detrimental to a, a first-person shooter where, where where people should have, you know, a, a pretty decent sense of logic about, okay, if I'm going to fit a drop suit, like, it shouldn't take them, you know, a, a several hours of, of doing reading homework or, or sifting through a certificate system to figure out what to fit. Okay. I believe so that, I, I really believe that design thinking. needs to be baked into the, the tree itself, and if it's not baked into the tree, it's just poor design. Um in my opinion. One, one thing, let me, I just want to tee this up for uh, Pokey and Zell real quick. And sure. There's been some, some discussions that we've had previously. So is it this? Is it the character progression, the actual skill trees that we need to work on? Or is it really the new player experience? Uh, I think, it's, I think it's absolutely both. I think I think without uh, this is what I mean though is is I think without the 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 some of the instruction built into the progression tree itself if the if the tree isn't informing you that you should be that that armor plates go well on a Galente suit 
if if the if the progression tree isn't giving you some of that that information then you're completely reliant on talking to other players to figure out how to build a suit and that's something that's very very weak in a game that that needs to be playable out of the box by just anybody that picks up and play it they need to be able to to get where they need to go in the game without having to rely on other players to instruct them that players can can be very very valuable and i think social groups will still groups like Eve University will still have a place, but I think it's poor design when you outsource that kind of stuff to player groups. And that's what we've seen in Eve. And I, it's not what I personally want to see in Dust. So well, I, I do, I do think, just, I do think that, the, the, yeah, I think the tree is a big part of that. I actually agree. I actually agree with most of your points there in, in that uh, a guidance tree is a, is an absolutely wonderful idea. I just don't want to see it become too restrictive in the case of weapons and stuff like that. Each, I, I believe things like that where people have the ability to flexibly customize should be able to easily accessed without as you said, going up another tree entirely to get to it. Yeah, I think I think the key difference here is that uh, you need to give guidance to the players, but you need, don't want to restrict them. You need to tell them, here's good choices to make, but don't prevent them from making stupid choices if they so choose. So I think the issue isn't necessarily the skill progression, it's how it's presented. Like you said, the, the ISIS system in, in EVE is, is quite good. It doesn't push it hard enough, I don't think. I think it needs more, but it's, it's a good step in the right direction And that you need to say, okay, for this suit, you're going to want these kinds of skills, you're going to want these kinds of, of modules in there, but don't force them to, to play that role. You just say, these are what you should be training, this is what we suggest, you know, fit it like this, but don't hide weapons and modules and whatnot behind roll gates. That's just going to piss people off, and it gives a very overly structured feel to the skill system, which I think is not conducive for the, the, the new Eden experience of the sandbox. It's, it's too restrictive. So be informative, but don't be restrictive in the process. Well, I, I think the big thing for me is, is that... Uh... Um, it, it's been heavily advertised, you know, there was a, even a trailer where they made a whole big 30-45 second spiel about how most snipers in, in other games are, are lightly armored, but you have this option to put a sniper on a heavy suit. They, they spent like nearly a minute of trailer time advertising that feature, and to then strip that out, and I, I feel that the, the fitting customization is the biggest difference between between other fps's and the fps that we're playing um i I think they need to look really really hard before they do anything to force people to skill by role i think that there there could be things that that would make a bigger difference a big enough difference without being so drastically off the the advertised base of being customizable that they could do i mean we don't have there's there's actually no information in game on what type what damage types different weapons do even though there are skills that are based on those weapon types and the only thing that you know about which weapons are ideal on which types of uh, on which racial suits is going on the forums or going on the wiki and finding someone who happens to know based on what race they're on and which race tends to use what damage types there you know they could get so much further if you just had you know you're looking at your skill tree you see you know uh galante assault suit and it says right below it on the on the skill page armor hybrids just throw that information needs to be available the weapon should be sorted by their damage type you know that sort of thing they just need to have that information presented um 
easily so that you can say, oh, look, okay, so I, if, if I want this type of weapon, this type of suit says directly right on the page, this matches this. But you don't need to take away people's ability to pick what they want and do things that are abnormal. Let me uh, let me throw a quick, uh, like, in true sort of podcaster fashion, a little bit of tinfoil on. One of the things that CCP, again, has continued to double down on is sort of the shared vision of the New Eden universe between really using Eve as an anchor point then having two smaller but very strong pillars in terms of uh, Legion slash Dust and Valkyrie. So if their vision in the long term is to have like one account and you can bounce between games at the launcher or some, some such as that where there's some actual connection between your accounts or your or your, your characters, for example, what does that mean for the skill progression system across all three grant three games? Should there be some linkage? Should there be some shared things? Um, I, I would offer to you that not so much in terms of the, the tactical mechanics, but the social mechanics. Uh, so a lot of the social skills that you see in Eve could easily be transported to the other two games. So I, I'm just kind of curious to hear what the group's thought is, is if that's the goal down the road, should there not be some sort of, shared vision on what that skill progression skill progression should be for the different accounts or characters as as an actual link i don't know about link and different characters but they have hinted that uh well they have said that you know if i was to take my the black jackal and put him on legion his spot would be reserved for eve online and valkyrie so you, you're essentially looking at a hint of three different classes of the same character anyway at this point in time so that's probably a question i'll have to actually address well, I, I had a question about that. I think a lot. I think I had made a post about it a long time ago. Is that we have you know a lot of drops drop suit skills or or dust skills and, and that overlap with Eve skills that may you know in in a vision where there's a unified market between all these games, you almost have to wonder if some should be the same skill book and in fact be the same skill. The court management skills are a great example because. They're not only a different set of of levels with tier with different tiers that you get for them, but the the Dust Corporation management skills, for instance, I don't believe they got a buff when they doubled the Eve Court management skills. And there's no you know there's no way to get the same level out of Dust as you can get uh, out of an Eve character. Um, and some of the other social skills that are in Eve probably would make good examples too. I don't know why a hacking skill in say dust would be much different than the hacking skill in in eve so there's stuff like that that could potentially be considered the same skill and you have to wonder if they are indeed going to go forward with this you know one character in all three games it's actually an idea that i dislike greatly but if they do it would make a lot of sense for some of the some of those skills to directly um apply in both in in both or all three games i i really cool if you Oh, sorry, Hans. I was going to say is um, it would be really cool if they did, because what a way to find a way to skill faster, right? If you, you're you doing the e-plugins and then you're going out doing Valkyrie and getting that kind of stuff and then going into, you know, Legion or whatever and having, you know, doing that. What a way to incentivize getting into multiple games, Um and watching, you know, you 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 skill faster. You can literally skill faster than I'm, somebody else if you're putting more I'm, and more time actually, into it. I'm actually slightly against the whole skill point transfers over between the games. Obviously, uh, 
Eve is a subscription-based game, you know, and it's got a, a SP over time while your subscription's active at this point in time. Uh, Dust is a free-to-play, and I'm not sure what Valkyrie's planning on being with, uh, whether it's a single purchase with free online or whatever. But having the skill points transfer over means that you could potentially have your Dust character funneling a massive Eve pool um, without a subscription, which could hurt um A's bottom line in the in short in the short and long term. It's yeah. more than that though. I mean you, you run into risk of like Pukin said though, you you could skill faster theoretically, and I think it's unfair to tell people, well, to be competitive in terms of SP, you have to play all three games. That's that's not cool. But but people, that's that's a business decision. That's a way for CCP to make more money. That's an advertising thing. It's something that you can do to promote people to play all three games you know and i don't think it's gonna make that much of a big difference i mean it's not like you're doing play to win it's it's not the same thing i, I think it, well, the same I think it came up same issue came up with um is transfer between the two games you can make a lot of money in dust at this point in time and if you were able to buy plex using dust and give it to your eve character or in this case have them be this one in the same um you can essentially play eve for free you know, get into it for free, start it for free, play it for free, right from the get-go. And that could hurt their bottom line. Yeah, I, this is, I this, I really believe it would be, it, you're right, there could be some marketing or some, you know, promotional value to that. But I, this is one of those things where we've been trying to fight marketing and promotional value from influencing game design. Like, that's that's what we've been trying to resist all of this time. And and for the exact same reasons that, that, that Jackal and others have raised, I, I, do, I personally do not want them trying to equate a skill system in one game to one and the other. I think trying to look at similar skills and link them up or trying to otherwise hybridize a, a progression system is really, really poor game design. And it's going to cause each of the individual products to suffer because then the design decisions are going to be made based on how they link up to you know a, a variety and a, and a quantity that are in the other games and I think CCP is really smartly looking at the three games as, as separate and it, I think to me one of the most critical slides they showed at FanFest was where they showed the picture of the Navy and the, the ground troops and the Air Force and they talked about 15 minute play sessions versus hour play sessions versus several hour play sessions and I think that's really powerful in that they're finally identifying this is the kind of experience we want a player to have in this game and this is the kind of experience we want a player to have in this game. And they're even breaking them down and looking at different levels of accessibility. And they're taking games like Valkyrie and putting them way on the simple end and the accessible end and not overloading those games with, with the complexity of a game like EVE, specifically because they're trying to reach to a new market that doesn't need to be bombarded with that level of complexity if it's not good for that kind of a game that only play, you play for 15 minutes or you play for an hour. So I want them to be really engaging in strong concept-driven design where they're looking at each game and the type of experience it needs to offer and designing a, a, a appropriate level of complexity to it. And I don't believe that the level of complexity in Dust is appropriate to compare it to EVE. I think Dust needs to have, uh, to some degree, a simpler uh, set of choices, but that uh, uh, still a, a relatively deep 
set of customization and, and progression and all of that, but I don't feel like it needs to be on par with Eve. And I think we've already seen it strained by the fact that we have, I think we have roughly three times the number of items in the game than we need to when you look at actual meaningful choices. There might be three kinds of rifle, but you're only going to actually use one of them. And I think we've already tried to like push the boundary of like cramming tons of variety and just raw numbers and stuff and choices into dust. And it doesn't necessarily make it a better game. And so I really want them to look at each game separately. And I, I, I for that reason, I'm, I'm pretty against trying to like hybridize the skill system. I, it, actually, um, I wouldn't, what I was looking at, Hans, was not necessarily that just because I got armor compensation in EVE that it would translate over to the armor compensation or whatever in dust. What I was saying is that you just tack on those extra skill points. That's all it is. So you're not literally getting, you know, you're just getting credit. It's just adding on to your overall skill point. Oh, like a total. bonus. I see. Yeah. You know, you're just adding to your overall skill point. As, as, that's as, an overall, as an overall, I can see that being absolutely fine. But when you come down to it, um, if, if I log into my character with Eve, I want Eve progression. If I wanted to log into it with dust, Dust Christian, I log into it with Valkyrie. It's all the same character, but it's all separate skill point totals and separate skill point trees and separate Which skill it, point progressions. I think you can still do that, but but combine them all together and you know because it'll make you know when somebody does go sell their tune on Character Bazaar and they do it right, you got this tune that's now more valuable because it's in all three games and well, somebody's that, well, taking that the time to skill it. You know what I mean? That, that and, will be there already. Um, it's just you, you're all be doing is adding up each individual you level just of skills. Get, right, you can, it's, it's, you you guys, can still keep them separate, so, but total them all up. You know, you, you have a breakdown. You know, so so much of this depends on what the system looks like. I mean, we talk about skill point transfers from a game like even from Dust to Legion, and even in looking at that, we don't know exactly whether. I mean, they could redesign this so that you know you earn. A, a thousand less skill points than you do now, and maybe you're earning five or six or seven skill points a battle, and you need a hundred skill points to to get a node or something. Like there's no there's nothing that says that the numerical value of these skill points has to translate over at all. And so, like even importing from from progress from Dust to Legion, those numbers and could go through some some c crazy conversion formulas to fit whatever the the new design is going to be. So I don't I think it's it's far far too early in the process process to really look at things like, you know, cross promotional, you know, skill accumulation. I mean, like World of Tanks does this where you have a, a free pool of experience that if you earn in one game, you can spend it in World of Warplanes or whatever. Um, but I, I just think it's we're kind of early at the process to know whether or not that kind of a thing will work with something like skill points. What, I, what I'd love to see is like uh, Blizzard is really great at this. And I I, I know I'm going to like irk some people by, by mentioning Warcraft and, and uh, and Hearthstone and Diablo, but like uh, Blizzard does a really good job of of offering things that aren't uh, power based or game breaking, things that are cosmetic and novelty, things like mounts in one game or card backs in Hearthstone or avatars in Starcraft, and and things you know enabling people that play one of their games to earn some nice rewards that they can enjoy in a in a different game that don't have anything to do with breaking you know in our case a sandbox that we have to protect, and I think I think. That I, I really would would 
prefer CCP look into first when it comes to promotions and say, okay, look, you know, maybe maybe by doing something in Eve or by by playing Eve, you can unlock something that's a certain type of spacesuit that you can then give uh, to your your uh, Legion player or or you know or vice versa or stuff that you earn through an event or something in uh, in Legion that might unlock a special ship skin that you can use in Eve. I think those are kind of safer starting points for looking at and uh you know ways to to sort of strengthen the universe and in the brand association so you're trying to get in there a minute ago i don't think so well my bad okay well like i said that was uh that was my random shot of tinfoil into into the room it uh, exploded nicely yeah no it's so, a good conversation okay so i i guess we can kind of open it up just generally i we've hit general most of the topics or pretty much all the topics that we wanted to uh at the top of the show and just if there's anything kind of last minute shots from folks, we can, if you guys want to tee up for discussion, otherwise we're hitting a little over the hour mark. Uh, we can continue the discussion. We can go ahead and start to close out. So kind of open the floor up to the, to everybody in the room. So Hans, you know, uh, you're, if you've been listening to Podset, I've been kind of critical of CPM zero, not necessarily you. I hope you're not taking it personal, but, uh, I, you know, but you've been a CSM member before. Um, you know, and and you you've heard. When when do you think you guys will do like a town hall or build something I think up? Point, you guys, you guys, point, you guys our main to goal is one. to get an election and be done with this. We were this was supposed <laughs> to be this was supposed to be something that we were going to do for three months, set up a white paper and election, and that was going to be our contribution. The fact that we've been working on this game for over a year and working with the players for over a year, the fact that we're now now not only have put a full year, but we're now looking at who knows at least another month or two or three before the election process is finished. We're talking of a 14, 15 month term for these guys. And, and so in terms of like progress, like I'm blown away that, that, that the other members now we've, we've lost one member who stepped down in the wake of, of all the, um, the Legion announcement and stuff. He decided he didn't want to work on this, on this project anymore. And, and he uh, respectfully bowed out. Um, but the, the remaining members like have been more active than any of the dead CSM members that I, I worked with last year. And it's been really like a huge blessing to have another group of people to work with that, you know, have just put this much, like what I consider to be heroic effort into this far above and beyond what, what we were asked to initially. Um, so I don't think anybody's questioning that you guys haven't been working, right? It's just a matter of communicating that back to the players. You know, I, I don't. One of the questions I brought up is how many CPM zeros are actually blogging, putting out a deal, uh, being available, other than on the dust forums. You know, so, so I've, had a, I've, had a, I've had a Skype. Oh, I've had a, <laughs> I've had a, how much is actually covered? Uh, how much can they blog about? Is and you know. Um, I, it's come up before about the NDA having should have broken it, all that sort of stuff. We'll put that in and put that aside. How there's probably a lot that's done under an NDA that Hans can't or the other CPM members. Okay, here's the deal. We've got all sorts of CSM members that that are can effectively communicate without breaking NDA that or get actively involved with the communities. Mike has a ride. There's quite quite a few over the last few years in the CSM that have been able to stay 
true, be able to talk with the community, get the community, you know, information without breaking NDA. You, there's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and that's, that's exactly what we've done, Pukin, all year. So, like, we each, basically, each CPM kind of has their sphere that they're, um, that they spend the most time in. So, um, for instance, uh, Nova Knife has, is one of the original moderators of the IRC channel. He still is, is uh, active there and, and he reads every single line that's ever been posted in IRC, like literally every single line he, he reviews. Like if he goes away and he comes back and there's a thousand messages, he sits down and reads them all. I feel and, really and sorry has- for him. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'm I'm the same way with Skype. So I've had a, an open discuss uh, discussion channel for most of the year here, uh, where basically anybody from the community can come and join, and it's one long rolling conversation. So I, I get literally daily feedback directly from the players, and I've been uh, moderating that for for quite a while, and and recently, especially in the last couple months, really pushed to get m- a lot more people involved in that, and that's been really productive. Um, Iron Wolf Saver is our our kind of point of contact on the forums, and so he's I mean he's literally probably one of the the most prolific forum posters in the entire community and uh he's also kind of a lightning rod of of controversy because uh he's uh, i wouldn't necessarily call him uh the the community's best wordsmith and so he's 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 been blessed with uh the urge to post but some of his posts sometimes uh irk some people the wrong way uh because they might misunderstand him but he's very very involved in in keeping players updated on on everything that can possibly be said without breaking nda um jenza is kind of active more on the uh, the YouTube side, and she also does a lot of forum posting and, and surveys and stuff. Um, but she's she's always been the one that's uh, done the most video content for the CPM. And then Kane's kind of been our point man in the in the political and the meta game. Like he's been really really deeply involved in the war room on the forums, and it just he's very deeply involved in a lot of the. But that's all Heath in the forums, stuff. Hans. How many how many blogs are available? Like for Eve guys to go and read, or 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 available, or where where would we be able to go instead of just on the dust forums? To be able to talk to or 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 throw suggestions to, I'm you know I'm an e-pilot. Maybe no, I you could want to do a, this. Any of you guys Wait. are welcome in, in, in to come in my Skype channel, and we can we can talk anytime. I've I did have a blog up until the point where the there was a, a big heavy lid thrown down on what we could talk about our internal sure. stuff, and and I basically discontinued that blog because. Um, the blog at that point would have consisted of weekly updates of we had a meeting, we had a meeting, we had a meeting, but we can't talk about it. It's NDA, NDA, NDA. And I hate doing that because it frustrates people. They don't want to hear that you, anyways. You were effective communicator during the, your CSM term, you know, in, in stuff. Yes. And I've, I would argue that I've been a pretty effective communicator in, in well, with the CPM as well. But okay, so having to go to Skype to talk to you directly when I why not a blog site? Why not a, another website where the CSM that's separate than the dust forums? Because you know, my you, role you, my role is is mostly at this point as a listener and a funneler to CCP. The role of the CPM and the CPM both is to gather feedback and to post it to CCP rather than to sit there and take the stuff that CCP has to announce and, and announce it back to the players. And so stuff like the discussion channel is is that I've run on Skype is super, super important because that's the sponge with which I can have uh, my finger on the pulse of exactly what's going on in the community and I can gather that input on a rolling basis. And then when I turn around and have a meeting on a particular topic, I'm, I'm armed and up to date with all the information that I need to give to CCP. And so, so much of the work is a one-way valve from taking stuff from the players to CCP. It's ultimately CCP that needs to turn around and give the information back to the public. And they've done such a poor job of that with Dust that uh, there's there's 
really no motivation for for us to step in and do that job for them when our our role really needs to be to hold them accountable to be sharing that information themselves. So I haven't found like a blog to be that particular of a tool for the CPM the way that say Ripper Tegs blog is a super good tool for the CSM because they're in a different environment where the day-to-day uh workings with this with the CCP are so much more uh, I, I, like they just do a whole lot more on that end that isn't going on on the CPM side. And so there's just a lot about, about this year and about where the CPM is in its relative, what I would call infancy as a, as an institution that it, it's really presented a different set of challenges communication wise compared to the CSM. And so it makes, it makes a direct comparison pretty difficult, but all of us on the CPM have, have gone out of our way in our each, in our perspective spheres so that we can hit a huge cross section of all the different ways that the community likes to interact with each other. We've got a point man in each of the, in each of the pots uh, so that players can use just about any method they want to, to contact one of us and, and, uh, and share what's on their mind. I think that that was actually a pretty good a pretty good laydown, by the way, from both of you. There, there's you touched on a couple of different things. One, ultimately, we want Dust slash Legion to be bigger than itself, and that means really having a much deeper link into the Eve community, whether they play in or not. So having some easy ways that they can touch in is for the Dust guys. We all know we absolutely all of us actually in this channel are in a lot of these Skype channels or IRC chats. I mean, we're we're very active in that way. I think it's just not apparent for some of the folks outside, but you're more than welcome to come into it if you can, because that's more perspectives is better. Uh, one of the other things I'd kind of also point out is, and this is just my personal opinion, just having tacitly watched how the CSM has worked in, on the EVE side, I'm not aware of anything that was this big, in, at least in recent memory, that the CSM had to keep on a lid in terms of the, the transition from a platform. So I think, I think there is probably... Uh, more controls put on the C- CPM than perhaps we've seen recently with the CSM. Well, uh, we had uh, we had CSMs that walked away or or had issues with what was going on. One of them was the Nexus store, and then the walking and stations, the Incarna thing. I mean, that was that was probably our our biggest event over majority of the CSMs things. No, but, sure. And, and, and trust and, me. I, there's been a lot of talk about if guys had walked away and I would tell you, and I'm not running for, for anything, but if a guy walks, walks away, um, that means he's not voting. That means he's not arguing all the way to the finish line that now you could say that there's a certain, and this is purely from a player perspective, by the way, like as one of the people that are being represented by CPM or CSM members, in my case, both, um, there might be there's a, there's a tendency to want to think that hey that guy stuck to his guns and he or he was true to himself and he walked away um or in the way i look at it and this is just me personally is that guy stopped voting for me like he he made a statement and and it was probably well received at the moment but how much more that guy could have done behind the scenes if he'd actually been there that's what oh that's i what agree I down on it. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, hearing you know the the, the praise and even talking with Zion uh, about having one guy that did walk away, and you guys, I'm like, that guy would have got chastised on on, on our side right now. Because you know somebody like Vuklao, you know, who was on the CSM, when he walked away, I mean, it wasn't well received. I mean, that guy got shunned. Well, you know, well, trust me. I mean, not, nobody's reaching out to Kaz. I mean, it's actually pretty fair neutrality towards him, but. Just trying to move on a little bit. I, I did want to touch base real quick as we're kind of winding out the show. 
uh, with the three different CPM candidates, just a little bit about uh, their views on why somebody should vote for them as a CPM member. Uh, we'll transition through that with uh, the Jackal, Sarai, and then Pogi, and uh, then we'll do shout-outs if that's okay with everybody. Sounds good to me. All right. So, Jackal, you, you were – you actually, all three of you were early announcers for uh, CPM candidates. And, you know, kind of the intent is not to grill anybody, but just give you a, a very brief sort of platform of uh, where, where you stand as a CPM candidate, like what you think you bring to the table that uh, you should be one of those seven folks that uh, sits at the council. Uh, so we're starting, starting with me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, as a CPM one candidate, I've already announced a lot of my ideas and stuff like that, as well as my uh, ability to talk to the people and constantly on the forums, to be honest. Being unemployed gives me a lot of free time, and I'm always on the forums looking at ideas and posting up and stuff like that. As well as that, I'm also undertaking a uh, open learning course uh, for computer games development, which has allowed me to get into the uh, games world a bit. And, you know, I'm not a developer yet. I'm a, I'm a developer in training, and even then only part-time, since I'm a father as well. Um, and I bring a lot of those that a lot of that information and knowledge that I'm getting from those those games into as well. Awesome. And, and just one thing I'd like to note about uh, about Jackal, he is notorious in the dust community, and I say this in, in truly a good way. Well, He's one tracks. of the big thinkers. He he is one of the big thinkers. And uh, if there's somebody that that could ever work with Legion uh, and work with the dust community. I'm trying to realize the, uh, you know, intangible ways, the vision for uh, for what we think CCP is driving at, what we want. I think Jack will probably be one of those guys. So Thanks for that. With, Kudos. Yeah, no drama with that, man. So with that, we'll transition over to Sarai Zell. I, w I was just going to say uh, that uh, additionally that Jackal is uh, probably one of the best uh, people I've seen in the forums at communicating exactly uh, what he's thinking and in a very clear and understandable way. Um, and I have a, a great amount of respect for him for that. Um, so uh, myself, Sarayazel, um, I, uh, I think I can do a lot uh, in terms of I have a lot of experience both in Dust and Eve um, with uh, different roles, the metagame, um, pretty much everything that I, I can get my hands on relating to uh, the franchise I've tried to. Um, I am, uh, I've studied uh, game design for three years, um, and so I have a lot of the, the both technical and um, philosophical uh, stuff down in terms of how to make a game that is, uh, you know, enjoyable and playable and, and actually truly fun to keep going with. Um, I, th I think I have a good grasp around the things that um, have made Eve the game that it is over, over the years and, and how that can translate to um, the FPS community. Um, my big thing that, I, you know, I, I think is, is the huge thing to focus on is getting the, the CPM to, you know, continuing to evolve that relationship with CCP um, and getting them to really give the CPM the same level of, of respect and, and influence that uh, the CSM has earned over the years. Um, and kind of my, my personal desire is to keep ramping up the communication between the CPM and the players, as well as um, CCP and the players, and encouraging CCP to really, really communicate as much as they do in EVE. Well, Zell, I do appreciate that. And, and again, uh, Zell, one of the early guys that's been in on the CPM one candidacy, 
candidacy circuit, if you will. It's um, it, I think you might have been one of the first guys, actually the first guy to announce. And I would like to say this just briefly about Sarai. He's been there for every single issue. Uh, he's made his point well known. And, and if there was ever a guy who does not flip flop, I, I think it would be Zell. And he's been a steady voice for making the community better uh, through the Planet Fight Club sort of grease fires we went through through the DNS black thing. So on the political side and then actually the end game side. Uh, so Zell's been a very steady and consistent voice for continuing to move the ball forward for the uh, for the game. So uh, I, I think he, my personal opinion is he's, a, he's also a great candidate for the, to be a representative for both Dust and Legion because he is one of the old time vets that can actually bridge the two games. And with that, we'll turn it over to Pokey and we'll knock out some shout outs. Okay, well, I'm Pokey Draven. Um, I would say that probably my my claim to fame is is I, I'm fairly good at, at seeing the big picture when it comes to issues. It's I, I I really dislike the you know band-aid fixes where we just slap on a change and and don't really think about how it's going to affect the rest of the game. I like to see it as as a, a whole network of inter- interconnections. Uh, I think that Legion is, a, is an excellent platform for that. I think that CCP is is really taking a step back and saying we need to restart from the ground up and, and build with that big picture in mind rather than a single instance, which was basically dust. So I'm very excited to potentially be working on Legion. I think it's it's a great platform for, for my particular skill set. That being said, I've been around for, with dust for a very, very long time, longer than I care to admit since you know the very early days of closed beta. And I have a, a deep love for the game. I, I think it's, it's been, it's been a trip, you know, over the past couple of years. And I, I kind of get shocked when I think about that. I've been playing this game for years. But with that said, I don't want to see Dust flicker out and die, you know, just like that. Like a lot of people are afraid it's going to. That being said, I, I, I issued, a, I, I talked about earlier how I, I think that they, there's still things they can do for Dust that are, are financially feasible for the company that can still support the game and show the players that they aren't just dumping them. And I think that CPM1 really needs to hammer that in and, and stress to CCP that it's important we don't just let dust die. We need to let it gradually fade out and as it fades out, blend into Legion. So I think in terms of seeing the big picture, excellent choice for Legion. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And for dust, I want to make sure that this transition happens smoothly and gracefully so the players don't feel like they're getting screwed and it can be more enjoyable for everybody. On that note, I'd like, I'd like to give a shout out to both Sreya and Pokey. We've had our differences uh, in Skype chats on the forums and stuff about particular opinions on certain topics and stuff like that, but both of them have pushed really good ideas. They've both been pillars of the community and I even remember fighting quite often against Pokey during the closed beta. Um, yeah, far too yeah, far I would have think I came on the wrong end of his, his gun too. <laughs> yeah, we've, we had some good discussions though. It's it's all been productive though. I've learned some things and I I like to think that it's the same for you as well. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing we want on the CPM. That we want not everyone just pushing the same direction, but people who have different different opinions, who have different ways of approaching problems from different angles. That's what we want. And Pokey and Soraya have both demonstrated that they've got the ability to both absorb ideas and then redirect them in a different direction as well. Yeah, I think it's key that the CPM shouldn't necessarily agree with each other on everything. Because if you all agree with each other, you're not going to get the best idea. The key is to actually disagree, but understand you can have a conversation with each other 
to to reach a conclusion that is the best idea. And I think, you know, especially with with, with you and, and Zell, we've we've had some some good discussions and we've we've changed our mind on, on a couple things and and probably come up with the best solution. I think that's key going forward as a CPM as a whole rather than individual candidates. You need to think about how is the group going to operate as a group, not how each candidate operates on their own. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Pokey. And and this is just sort of, you know, my view of the group of CPM one candidates. Uh, with a few, a few exceptions, I think that all of you have developed a really good professional relationship uh, that I think bodes well for the game, regardless of which seven, how, how the seven seats are filled, you know, like I said, for the most part. Um, and, and Pokey's a longtime friend of mine. I've been with him uh, in OSU for a long time. And one of the things that I've seen Pokey be able to do either inside the corp, inside an alliance, or, or outside, just literally talking to folks uh, on the forums or in-game in a variety of mechanisms is his ability to bridge ideas and talk to different people and, and really meet them kind of where they're at. And, and to a degree, I think all three of you hold many of the same qualities. It's just uh, in different you know, sort of variations on a theme. And, and the same can be said for quite a few of the other candidates as well. So, uh, you know, with that, uh, I, do, I do appreciate all the work that the CPM Zero has done. And I think that if they can announce the CPM1 elections uh, in rapid fashion, or at least lay out exactly how that's going to work uh, and sort of the timeline in short order, I think that would be great for everybody. Very soon. I've, I've been <laughs> been given some very bold uh, promises internally on, on when that's going to information get out. I, my, my expectation is this week, if, if not this week, very beginning of the following week. But there, there should be something very, very soon here about elections. We've, that's really we've, good uh, to hear. Yeah, and and uh, the one thing I want to say really quick, like you guys, everyone here in this room, and and there's other good candidates out there as well. You guys are the reason why, like, I mean, like we we were asked at, at in the wake of all of the stuff that happened at FanFest, we were asked like, is there enough good people right now to do an election? Like, can we do this? Should we do this? That question was raised internally, and and the CPM Zero's answer was unequivocal unequivocally yes there are absolutely a pool of good enough candidates to go forth with an election and the the, the community deserves to, to like the, the you guys have been waiting well past when you should have had an election already like players deserve a chance to elect regardless of the controversy regardless of the people that have left like those that remain deserve a right to to elect people and i am absolute faith that there's a good pool of candidates to choose from because i am hearing a lot of really encouraging things there's a lot of people that are really engaged and are following this very closely and and saying all the right stuff and 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 like you said learning to work together professionally like that's a huge part of this if if like it can't be a group like it has to be a group of professional adults that 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 in many cases sometimes you'll have to set the example for ccp sometimes the cpm is the one that's being professional and ccp is not and that's you know it's so we need actual leaders in there that can set an example and and uh, just lead the way on where this project needs to go and and uh, i'm i'm definitely seeing enough of that to feel really good about doing an election right now I think that bodes well for the community writ large. And uh, more on that in a minute during my shout out. But uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and start our shout outs because we're running a little bit long. It's a really great discussion, guys. Uh, I think it was, it was really fortuitous we could pull in Hans uh, and and we could really kind of get into the meat of a little bit of what has happened, but more more to the point, what's happening and what should happen here in the near future. So with that, we'll kind of run our shout outs from top to bottom and we'll start with uh, Pukin and we'll just get right down the list. 
Uh, well, shout out to you guys. Uh, another successful uh, week. We we still got a little bit to do uh, to get you guys doing it all on your own. But uh, you know, let uh, you know. Shout out to you guys for letting us. Uh, you know, Podside help you guys out, Podside and MPX, and uh, shout out to Hans for coming on here. Uh, hey, man, I, you know, I'm not trying to pull or shoot punches at you or whatever, you know, I just ask questions, <laughs> you know. I know. But you ask really good questions. Like, this is exactly the kind of scrutiny that, that CPM0 and CPM1 both should be under, so I'm, I don't fault you at all for asking these questions, and, and like, I and I'm also, like, we, you're right, like, there's going to be a lot to learn, and I, I certainly hope that CPM1 like learns to to better iterate on the communication just like just like every successive csm has you know we've had our 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 faults and ways that we could have done better and and i'm i'm every expectation the next group will do the same so no you ask you ask good questions well, perhaps you, you know, because you went from the CSM to the CPM and, and you tried to bridge that gap and, and work with guys that have never done this before, um, you know, from guys that have have been up there a couple of times or, you know, guys like Ripper Tag or whatever. Um, so to go off and, and really start with a brand new group, uh, more, more props to you because, I mean, that's that had to been tough, you know, to start this whole group and try to transition a CPM zero and say, okay, this is what we've done in the past, this is what we need to do. So to, to establish those guidelines and really put focus to everything so props to you well thank you thank you and hans um well let's see i already gave my shout out to the candidates here so i guess the last thing i'll have to say about all this is uh you know we were talking about where where this is all out in the, in the project stage there's a lot of questions around this word green light and i guess the last thing i want to mention about where this is at kind of developmentally is is legion is is ccp rouge's opportunity to show the company ccp that this project is like that this dust is worth taking to the next level and on, into the next hardware and all that and that that decision isn't going to be made overnight it's going to be made like it, like we won't know how good this game is until people are playing it and so there will be you know an alpha or a beta or i mean there there will be play testing that goes into this before those kinds of decision is made and so when people talk about what they can do to make this vision reality the most important thing that everyone in the community can do right now to make this a reality is to stay around stay involved give actual useful productive feedback put good ideas in that legion section and don't shit up that section of the forum with with a bunch of fucking bullshit like we've had elsewhere like we we got to keep these productive conversations like effective and and pointed and we got to get people that are enthusiastic about playing dust today and playing legion when it's available and like that whole engagement of the community and and just like we're seeing now like I, I love that we have a podcast now that we never had before i love that we have candidates that are stepping up regardless of the controversy and saying this is worth it and and that's what it's going to take from here on out to to get this thing greenlit and so um it's not going to be like i i love seeing the twitter pressure at hillmar too but that's not going to be enough it's going to be because players continue to believe in this and put the effort in that that ccp will match that with their time and money as well okay and uh, I, i've got basically two shout outs the first one is to my wife who has agreed to play eve so that that could either go really well or really poorly for me well i'll, I'll let everybody know how that goes um and the second one and and i want to mean this i mean this very very specifically a shout out to the entire dust community the entire community itself no matter where you stand on the issue of legion um at, at the end of the day we are we are the legion. We are a legion that will carry this on in one form or the form or another. The the people that are in dust now, they are going to be the seed, the kernel that will go into 
uh, Legion in whatever form that takes, much like a lot of us came from MAG. And that is going to make all the difference in the world for this game. When we walk in and we get into the alpha, into the beta, and then we actually start playing, and we realize what we've been working for or working with for two, three, four years by the, by the end of it, it, it's going to be a pretty incredible thing. And I, I can just tell you, you're probably going to want to be part of that. It may seem ugly right now, but what I've seen in the community in the last week and a half or two weeks, people that really don't like each other and still don't like each other, they are creating content for each other because they know they want to keep playing with each other or against each other. But it's all about what's happening inside the community. And I just can't echo that enough that um, this is a social game like many, uh, many other games out there, but this one, it ties you together. We're a lot of a small, very hardcore player base. And a big shout out to the community for just being who you are. Whether you like each other or hate each other, you all you all want to be part of what is going on here. Uh, and with that, I'll turn it over to Pokey. Pokey? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to push the talk. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, again, shout out to, uh, you know, Podside and, and the group of Multiplex Gaming. Uh, we, we had some miscommunications this week and, and didn't get our streaming up, and then they were kind enough to step in and, and save us again. So, you know, I really appreciate it, guys. You know, you've been instrumental in getting this up and running. So so thank you again, Pukin and the whole team. Yeah, uh, no problem. Yeah, and, and shout out to uh, Zell and Jackal and all the the, the CPM one candidates. You know, it's well, like I said, it's it's not necessarily how we work as individuals; it's how we work as a group. And uh, it's it's a matter of getting the best group of people that are going to to work the best together in there. And and you know, if I, I like to be part of that, you know, if not, as long as it's the best of the game, that's the most key thing to me. So. You know, you guys are great. Let's let's stay constructive. Let's work together. You know, I, I think it's it's, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, and shout out to uh, you know Zell and, and Jason for for co-hosting here. It's it's great guys. I'm having a lot of fun already. I've never thought I'd do, I'd do a pod, podcast before, but uh, it's it's pretty cool. And it's good to be kind of on the leading edge of of this Legion and, and Dust news. I think it's it's really good stuff. And uh, you know, finally, a shout out to my my corporation, OSG Planetary Operations. You guys are great. You've weathered the storm very well, and you're still holding together. So you know, you have my thanks. It's good to see us that we're we're sticking together as a community. And Zell. Yeah, um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, those who uh, have uh, been listening to the live stream uh, today. I'm not sure how many we got, but uh, I know a few are definitely uh, have checked in on uh, the Skype channel. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, my other CPM ca- uh, one candidates uh, that I've been talking to. We've had a Skype channel running for a very long time um, with all the different people who have announced their intention to run, um, who've withdrawn their intention to run. And of course, Hans, because Hans belongs in every chat channel. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's been really, really great uh, working and talking with them. And, you know, in a context where I feel that there's quite a, a good group of candidates uh who uh, you know uh, will be able to carry this this game and, and Legion forward and uh, um, a big thanks to uh, Podside again Multiplex Gaming for uh, helping us get this whole uh, thing off the ground and Jackal uh, good shout out obviously to my corporation Southern Legion we're weathering the storm as well as well as our Greater Alliance uh, final resolution. Uh, as well as all the rest of my Australian listeners, I'm, I know you're out there. You may not be listening live because you play in the middle of work, but you will be out there listening to this because I know you guys do. 
um, as well as the rest of the dust community, as well, you guys have the guys who are stuck around, even the guys who have left, you know, even based on bad decisions made by either CCP or other people in the games, you guys have stuck through this game so much, so well, and done a really good job. And shout out to my son who's yelling in the background because he didn't notice that. I think everybody just noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just Kids are awesome. Thanks to Hans for coming up. I, I think it's it was really some good information that needed to get out there in a more public fashion. So I think having you on here to speak and answer questions is is going to do a lot of good for the community. So thank you for coming. Anytime, anytime. Absolutely. And uh, on that note, we're going to wrap up our uh, episode two of Biomast. And again, this is a, uh, a reoccurring po- podcast on Sunday nights at 8 Pacific time, U.S. time zone. And we really appreciate all the folks that tied in on the live stream. And we're running a Skype channel over here on the side. We're getting quite a few uh, interesting comments on that. So, again, any feedback from the, from the community is very welcome. And we really appreciate the help from Pod side and the MPX crew. Again, thanks a lot. And we'll see you guys next week.